Hi, this is Emeka and Elandris, and you're listening to the So Far Us podcast, the 30-minute podcast where we break down a trending topic, centering the discussion on the Black millennial woman's experience, and explore what it means for us by answering with, so for us, now let's break down this episode's trending topic. In the wake of the murders of Breonna Taylor, George Floyd, and Ahmaud Arbery, and the continued Black Lives Matter movement, employees have been more vocal about their experiences and what's going on behind the scenes. On this episode, we are breaking down the fallout behind some of the popular quote-unquote girl boss brands. So what is a girl boss? A millennial? A successful entrepreneur? or a rising star in corporate America, perhaps what some are coining an entrepreneur. Basically, a cool girl getting her coins. Considered to have thrived in this relatively new space for girl bosses, some of these organizations have come under fire for toxic work environments and a lack of inclusivity, leading to several of their women leaders stepping down this June. A few include the editor-in-chief and co-founder of Refinery29, the CEO and co-founder of The Wing, and the founder of the Girl Boss brand. While some of these brands seem to do well on the gender inclusivity front, when it comes to racial inclusivity, it seems it may have just been all for show. For example, Refinery29 was called out by former employees. A former editor and former executive photography director even told CNN that the now-resigned co-founder and editor-in-chief rejected photos as off-brand, which were consistently photos of either Black or plus-sized women. They told CNN that her decision seemed to be based on race. Several employees also shared many other ways the environment was toxic and lacked equity. Her response to CNN? She acknowledged her failure to meet the intention of why she created Refinery29, noting the failure was, in her words, to the detriment of Black women and women of color in particular. This is Emeka, and I think that... So for us, this brings up our shared experiences as employees, as well as our shared experiences of often feeling overlooked by brands, you know? And it's not surprising that these things are really bubbling over at this time, because I know many of us have been speaking up about these things for some time, but it is really coming to the surface right now, I think, because brands and companies are trying to be a part of the current stage of the Black Lives Matter movement without first working on their own internal issues. So I'm proud of the women who are stepping up and saying we are not having this. I think we continue to use this time when organizations seem to be more prone to at least hearing where they need work to basically repeat ourselves. I definitely have moments when I think to myself, you know, why 2020? We've been calling you all out on these things and you've basically ignored us. But at the same time, 
while we are in this moment where our voices and stories are being amplified, we cannot lose this opportunity to continue to push hard for those changes we've been seeking both in our pay and promotion opportunities, as well as in our representation in brands that we spend our money with. This is Alandris. So for us, when it comes to the girl bosses, I think we should take advantage of two opportunities. One, the ability to utilize social media to hold these companies accountable for the way that they treat their black employees, especially their black women employees. Many times we are so busy trying to navigate these environments that can come off as being violent because we have to make sure that our tone is right, make sure that we're not too angry, make sure that we're not too loud, make sure that we're not too ambitious or aggressive when we demand uh, equality or equity in the workplace. I think when it comes down to it, we need to make sure that our voices are heard not only on social media, but in the workplace. So my second point would be whenever you are called into the office to say, what it is that you want as a black person in the work, the corporate environment or whichever working industry that you're in, I don't think this is a time for you to be silent. I think this is a time for you to, one, be a voice of change. It makes no sense to say that we're tired of the way that things are and when we're given the opportunity to make demands, we're silent. I think this is the time where we come in and we say, these are the things that are not working and we have a list that's ready. So the next time that your boss says there's a diversity and inclusion meeting, make sure you attend. Make sure that you have a list in mind. Make sure that you have your fellow colleagues who are black and who are women in mind, because I guarantee you the black woman experience in corporate America or in many industries that are not dominated by black women are feeling the same way that you're feeling. So use this time to use your voice. So we both kind of talked about us having a voice, using our voice. And like you said, not just on social media, but also in the workplace. But then the other side of that is kind of what has been coming up this summer as far as you know, the company is trying to have these town halls and meetings. And like you said, we should attend those meetings. We should use our voice for us and others. But then, you know, people have also shared at a certain point that becomes exhausting, right? And especially if you're one of the few Black people at the company and they rely right. heavily on you. So I guess we also have to kind of discuss that. How do you find a balance between being the voice, but also self-care, allowing yourself to say no sometimes? I think that's when it comes, I think the good idea, a good idea for that would be to go in with a list of demands and part of your demand should be them doing the work too. So it shouldn't have to just be me coming right. in as a sole black person or one of the very few black people that work on the job. And we have to come in here and destroy any forms of racism that you have within your company. That's kind of like how they expected Barack Obama to end all racism. It didn't start with him. It's not going to end with him. Just like it didn't start with me. It's not going to end with me. But 
these are the ways that you can take accountability and start to go into the right direction. So that could be you forming a coalition within your company that says, this is a diversity team. These are the things that we need to do to make sure that we are inclusive and we are going to hold ourselves accountable for it. But if you're saying here, you do the work and now you have to basically police people for not doing what they're supposed to be doing when it comes to diversity and inclusion, you're putting the weight on me. So now I'm your mule. And I don't want that to happen either. I need you to say that you're going to put in a policy that says this is important to the people that we hire. And I know we just found out that we're hiring black people, but they've probably been here for a much longer time and they've endured so much. So we need to cut this part off right now and start moving into a direction that says it's going to be equitable for them to be here. We're not going to just give them all the work to do and then ask them to eradicate racism within our department. And we don't even want to listen. We're just putting, it's just like saying they're going to put us off on the back burner. It's like, oh, this is a trend. We're going to get over it. They're going to get over it soon. No, we're not going to get over it because we still have to work for you. And so, it's, right. No. And I think that's a good point. Cause what I think about when you say create a list is that's not something an individual can do. So something that someone might consider, I mean, I no longer work in corporate America. I'm now on month two of that. But if you are still in corporate America, uh, another thing you should do that would help with things like creating a list that would speak to kind of the needs of multiple people um, are employee resource groups, right? which are becoming more popular. So maybe engaging with an existing one or asking your company to allow you to develop one. And so that kind of will get the company's buy-in and then to some extent, it depends on the company. Obviously, some companies do initiatives for show and then actually don't yes. give you any real influence or power. Um, but to the extent you have that as a group, you can then come up with things like your list or your initiatives. Um, obviously, you'll have a corporate sponsor. In my experience with employee resource group, you definitely have like a target group, but you may allow people who are not part of that group to be a part of the group or in part of the resource group. Um, and kind of what you're saying about holding the company accountable to not requiring you as a Black person to do all the work um, also kind of goes into a conversation about allyship and how do you establish that? How do you balance that and manage that as well? Right. I, I believe I spoke with someone who's in corporate America and she was saying how when how Juneteenth came around at her job before the corona and somebody decided that they wanted to be a part of the ERG, uh, Employee Resource Group, and they wanted to be on this panel to... Uh, Put together the theme for Juneteenth. And so their idea of wanting to reach out to Black people was to make sure that they have ch fried chicken and watermelon. And I literally had my mouth gaping open when she told me that. She said, I don't know what possessed them to do this, but obviously they didn't speak to somebody Black and they only know Black stereotypes. They know absolutely nothing about Black people. 
for them to even recommend that they have watermelon and fried chicken at a event specifically geared to the liberation of black people. So how did the ERG manage that? Well, how did they respond to it? So they ended up ta- they ended up tossing the idea uh, because this person actually presented the idea like with all of these things. They didn't bring the food, um, mm-hmm. but they ended up saying this is tone deaf. This is not how this should be handled. And moving forward, it you need to make sure that you actually do act re- real research, real research on what it is that Black people do to engage each other in these types of environments. Juneteenth is a celebration, but you came in here with chicken and watermelon and it wasn't well received by the black people who you decided that you wanted to be um, an ally to. So that made me that made them question whether your allyship was just to infiltrate and to antagonize instead of just coming in and being an ally. And when they say these are the suggestions that we make, you come in with those things that they suggested instead of bringing your own recommendations. You are an ally. It is not the time for you to insert your your perspective on what you think Black people are and how they're supposed to be. You are here to be a helper. And what you did was ignore everything that everybody in the ERG said about this event and came in here with a racial stereotype. So, I mean, it's a little bit more, it's a little bit deeper it's a little bit deeper than what I'm saying. This is very surface level, but turned out the part, the person was not actually in the ERG for the betterment of the community within their job. They just wanted to be a part uh-huh. of it. They just wanted to be a part of it to say that they were an ally on paper, but in the same sense, antagonize Black people on the job. Okay. And that's a real thing too. Um, and it becomes... It, uh, in a, it, it becomes a type of bullying it, when people do stuff like that. Like they take these these jokes that people think are funny, but they're really deep rooted in racism and think it's okay. Like I've seen that in the gym where a guy decided to dress up for Halloween as um What's his name? Um, what's what is his name? Ike Turner, <laughs> with an afro and a dashiki, and thought that it was okay. But I think when we can call people out in corporate America, when we can call people out on social media for doing certain things like that, we can recenter ourselves and refocus on what we're trying to ch- achieve as a community within those spaces. Okay. Um, so you also kind of mentioned in your response earlier that uh, we should also take advantage of social media, uh, which I think is even more important uh, from a consumer perspective, right? Mm-hmm. And as someone who works in the beauty industry, I can say that what I'm learning is that beauty consumers are very vocal (laughs) about their expectations from brands right and so with that in mind um, that can certainly be applicable to different industries and I think to some extent is um, 
But like, what are your thoughts when you talk about also using our voice in social media? What's the best way to do that? Thinking of someone who's not necessarily an employee, but you are a consumer of a brand. So if you're familiar with the pull-up challenge, I forgot the young lady who started it. I forgot her name, but she did an amazing job with calling beauty brands out and then transitioning into other corporations. And um, I think that was the best way to do it. Not just saying your company is racist, but saying that your company excludes people who look like me in the leadership roles which means that when it comes to my concerns um, as a consumer, are you really doing, are you profiting off of my culture and not trying to give anything back to my community? Are you just using my dollars to just uh, become this big, big million dollar company and not employ people who look like me, not trying to put them in leadership roles so that they can actually reach out to our community so that we can partner with you? Because there are, some, com some businesses that say that they give back to the community at a certain time of year, so mainly Christmas and Thanksgiving. And it's usually the homeless or usually it's around um, breast cancer awareness. Like they use those, those types of holidays and those types of awareness days to target these specific groups. And most of the time when it comes to breast cancer awareness, you have breast cancer survivors that you work with. So you have this chance to get out into an audience from a perspective of these people that you employ can speak to the, the community that you're trying to reach out to. When you don't have black leaders within your company, how do you reach out to black people and understand that the information or uh, the products that you're trying to get out there is sensitive to that community? Otherwise, you end up like H&M and Gucci with monkeys all over your clothes. <laughs> so, I mean. So, you know, but thinking also about dollars, I wonder, obviously, things like the pull-up challenge, the 15% pledge, things like that on the surface are certainly targeted towards the companies, the brands themselves. But mm -hmm. I think to a certain extent, it's also for the consumer, right? Our dollars, our wallet is our voice when it comes to right. these brands. So it's also kind of on us to take that information when these companies do or do not respond to challenges like the 15% pledge, the pull-up challenge, or even, um, it doesn't have to be a challenge. Basically, when they've been called out to the point where it's now public knowledge that either, you know, their company is not diverse or inclusive. Uh, it's a toxic work environment for black employees or whatever. Then it's kind of also on us as the consumer to take that information and let our dollars speak for us. Right. right. And we've had different things where a celebrity will say, oh, we're going to boycott this brand. Or we say we're only going to shop Black-owned for one day. That's <laughs> nice. That's good. That it, it gets a social media platform, I guess, and, and brings some awareness to it. But at what point 
do we just make it a conscious effort to that's just how we shop for now on like if we know that this company or brand is not doing right by black consumers as far as representation or product selection not doing right by its black employees uh not giving opportunity to black employees not having uh giving us representation on their boards and their senior leadership Mm -hmm. to a certain extent what's really going to move them is whether we are going to keep buying from them or not because at the end of the day if we keep buying why are they going to change they're a company so for most of them not all of them but for most companies it's about the bottom line and if their bottom line is not going to be impacted there's no reason for them to change um if that's what their focus is there are certainly some brands that that's not their sole focus um Right. And I think in a sense, the consumer has started that change. So maybe it started with this one day uh, when everybody was saying we're going to do this blackout challenge, the original version, which is where we only support black businesses for that one day on July 7th. But I can say uh, being in certain groups on Facebook, there were like a million and one black owned business groups that just started popping up out of nowhere. And so many businesses were joining and people were talking about I'm going to support this business, this business, this business. And it started to create a ripple effect. And so when I started to go to places like the bookstore, the black owned bookstore that I go to, their inventory increased tremendously. And I asked them, I was like, what did you guys do? Y'all changed so much. Y'all have so much more stuff than y'all usually do. They said there's been a higher demand because of people wanting to buy black and they have a lot more customers now. And so when they're looking for, uh, just stuff geared towards black people, they can go to that bookstore or even in the medical industry, in the mom's group that I'm in, whenever their child is sick or they need to go get something dealing with their health taken care of, the first thing that they ask is, where can I find this black owned doctor for this industry? So I think it's happening. No, I get that, but this is not, this is not the first buy black moment, right? Right. It comes up every so often. Right. Right. I'm talking more about actually making an intentional lifestyle change, kind of similar to what LeBron said about Black Lives Matter not being a movement. It it should be a lifestyle like this is just how it should be moving forward. You should always be intentional about your actions in regards to that. And so that's what I'm saying, because I feel like what was it? Was it a couple of years ago? We had something similar to the the Bible, um, uh, the Big Black. That's what it was. I yeah, and I remember because people brought it up before this one, before the date of this one, but after it was out there about it, you know, that doesn't mean that y'all do like last time and y'all like stockpile and do all your shopping the day before. <laughs> right. Um. So that in itself this idea of okay let me do my shopping with these other brands before that day so that I can say I did that day that's still representative of the fact that it's not an actual lifestyle change you know right and I think we probably just have to do better at that I think we need to well I want to say this right now we're in a moment where we can actually do that 
And I think we didn't have that opportunity before. So because the coronavirus, the coronavirus has us all in the house, we have access to time that we didn't have before. And we're inconvenienced in a lot of ways. So now we have more time to research what businesses are black owned, what they have to offer, the convenience they may offer to us, how quick we can get it. Um, is it something that we can't get in the exclusivity of it? Um, that too. So I found out there's a black owned um, hair store, a brick and mortar hair store that's about to open up and it's about 25 miles away. If I needed something on the go that I can't get from the online uh, store that I may want to get something from, and I know that this black owned business has it, I'm going to take the conscious effort and make that drive. That's just me. But there are other people who are slowly but surely trying to go into that realm as well. I think it's, I think we have a better chance than we did the other times this has happened. I do feel something is different this time around, but you're right. We have been in moments where we're just like, we're going to mobilize and we're going to go behind these black owned businesses and we're going to put our dollars behind it. But I'm hoping that with everything changing and everything being so different now that we actually continue to do that. And I do want to go back to, and it's not just about shopping black owned, but again, because how we started this, right? The trending topic we were talking about, those were not black owned brands. So it's also about using our dollars, not just to support black owned brands, which we should do, but also as a way of telling brands, we don't like the way you're moving. We don't right. like that you did a social media post about black lives, but at the same time, we're hearing your employees say it's a toxic work environment and it's based on their race. Right. Um, so also kind of about that, how do we speak to those brands? I mean, social media is one thing. And I think it is becoming more and more effective because for some reason in 2020, it seems like a lot of brands are certainly more responsive to right. what's going on. Um, but Black Lives Matter has been around, right? Right. Uh, and But the companies for some reason this year are just way more responsive in ways that we didn't even necessarily ask for. <laughs> but it's like, okay, in a lot we've of been ways asking ask for. for those things. Um, and for whatever reason, 2020, you decided, yes, you're going to acknowledge those things. Yes, Aunt Jemima is going bye-bye. Great. I feel like people have asked for that for a while, but okay. Um, you're, but, you're not but, offering us the equity that we're asking for. You're offering us the, the visual representation, the the showboating, but you're not offering us anything of real substance. You're not offering us to help sustain us for generations because you've been able to profit for generations off of us. But now you just want to say, oh, well, now the things that are visual that can make us feel good, you want to just now jump in. But it's not yeah, like- Yeah, but I was, I mean, I was just money. saying that obviously social media, I think it's part of the reason why some of those things are happening. Um, so social media does play an impact, but I think it's important with our dollars. Right. Yeah. You know? you know. uh, don't just like the post, but then keep buying it. I mean, unless you're just liking the post to like it. But if you're liking the post because you're like, yeah, I get what 
these black people who are saying about their experience working for this company it is wrong then you also have to go beyond that just like we're calling on those employees to speak up within mm -hmm. the company as consumers we can speak up not just through social media but also through our dollars and you know what now that you bring that up now that you bring about bring it up that way um i just wanted to say briefly um we can take this opportunity to um go into a realm of taking the positive note out of this so we can take this opportunity to say we know our worth and so we're going to call upon um each other to hold each other accountable to making sure that we're supporting black owned businesses but we're also going to stick up for those people who are in these environments that are not black owned and make sure that they're listened to as well make sure they're heard and just remember imposter syndrome is a myth in these environments so if you feel like you don't deserve to be there you actually do you deserve the pay you deserve the position you deserve the opportunities Thanks for taking the time to listen to the So For Us podcast. Be sure to check us out on your favorite social media sites using the at So For Us podcast handle. Like, comment, leave a review, send us a trending topic you'd like us to discuss, and don't forget to hit the subscribe button. We'll talk to you soon in the best place that is So For Us.